Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast. Here, we're just talking about how to create new money habits so that you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. I'm your host, Nino Villa, with my co-host, Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. Hey, everyone. Hey, Nino. So happy to be here and really continue the conversation around finances. Yes, the conversation around finances. Who talks about finances? It's personal. <laughs> right? Not many people. Not many people. And we're here to change that. Yes. Let's take that taboo subject that nobody wants to talk about and let's just talk about it. And let's make everybody smarter about it. And right. Let's share some education. Absolutely. So, Sarah, so uh, tell tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be here today. Yeah. Well, um, so my name is Sarah Jones. Um, I have two kids. They are both adults now. I've got a 22-year-old and a 19-year-old, and sometimes I wonder how the heck did that happen so darn quickly. Um, uh, I've been married for about 15 years now. And um, my husband and I, we are now 100% debt-free, and um, we're full-time RVers, so kind of a new season of life for us with our both our finances and um, just in, in general with this whole RV thing happening now. Um, but, you know, our road to get here um, has been pretty long. For years, we were consumed with debt, um, really had poor communication, um, no solid plan in place. Um, and really had kind of forgotten how to dream um, about our life. And while our financial journey started many years prior, we started to get a little bit more serious in 2008. Um, and, you know, I had won this book called The Total Money Makeover. And it was kind of the first time that I had read something that felt like it made sense, seemed like it was kind of easy to follow, really to help us um, get our debt under control, right? Um my husband wasn't so convinced. Um, I tried to follow it and just way too strict with it, right? It didn't really allow him um, the life that he wanted to live. We started to fight a lot about money, um, had no accountability. Really, we weren't able to develop a great plan around it. And um, Murphy kept showing up at our door. Um, now, we were able to pay off a lot of debt. Um, we saved some money. We incurred more debt. We paid some more debt off, you know, kind of saved some more. I think you're kind of getting the picture here, right? This kind of yo-yoing back and forth. Um, and, uh, you know, we just, after getting really frustrated um, with how things were going, um, we wanted to make a decision um, to really make some changes. And then we committed to um, each other to follow through. Um, we started dreaming about what life um, could be like again um, and what we actually wanted, um, how amazing it would be to be able to do what we wanted to do and not have all those debt payments, you know, and, and the stress of how are we going to pay for this, right? Kind of lingering. Um, we learned how to communicate better um, and really work together. Um, so we started to create a new plan and made adjustments as necessary. Now, this was really important to us to make it work for our situation, 
right? And just mm -hmm. make those adjustments and, and open up those lines of communication, what is working and what isn't. Let's make some changes so we can actually follow through. And now through all of this journey, um, we noticed that there were a lot of other people asking us how we were doing it, right? How were we able to get through some of those tough spots and really asking for guidance. So keeping up with the Joneses, financial coaching was really born um, because they saw a need to be able to help guide others um, to a place of financial peacefulness, show them that they could really start dreaming about life again and really kind of start normalizing the conversations around finances, that it's okay to have these conversations, right? Um, and since 2018, um, I've been able to be um, helping people, guiding them through their financial journey. Um, witnessing some pretty amazing transformations take place and really helping lives change. Um, I've also been able to network, right, and learn from some of the best financial coaches in the industry. And um, that's where I met you, Nino. Um, and uh, again, I'm just, I'm really excited to continue this conversation and the education surrounding um, finances in this podcast with you. And um, that's kind of a a high level overview of, uh, of my story and my journey. And um, I'd love to hear yours. I don't, I don't actually know much of your journey, your story. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I'd, uh, I'd love to share. I just want to first say um, you said it, right. It's about communication. And that's why we're here having this conversation is, you know, for, for anybody who is married, it's so important to be mm -hmm. having talks about, money and and you said it best when you said like what are you dreaming about and and do you guys dream about the same thing and so do you have the same goals and and when you do then you can work in tandem to to try to achieve those goals but it's just such a big conversation and it's such a personal conversation mm -hmm. um i for one uh I'm, I'm big on transparency and let's just transparency and vulnerability let's just put it out there you know put all the cards on the table and then let's figure out what to do mm. from there. Mm -hmm. um, as far as me, I'm a bit of a math nerd. I'm a, I've always been like a numbers guy. Um, when I was really young, you know, when at that age that every kid thinks that they're going to be a teacher, <laughs> I thought I'll be a math teacher. Right? Uh, that never came to fruition, but um, I've just always had an affinity for um, problem solving and problem solving with numbers. Um, so I came across a problem in 2012, where all of a sudden I found myself without a job. Ooh. I was laid off for the first time in my career. I had never experienced that before. Um, and it, in late November 2012, um, I was married for four years at that point, And we had a two-year-old at home. And I was the only one working. The wife was staying home caring for our daughter. And so I found myself with a big problem and a whole lot of fear about what was going to happen. And at that time, we were running a budget, I guess, right? It was one of those budgets where you list out like the most common bills, like your rent, your car payment, your car insurance. And I was making sure that all those things were getting paid. But that budget, air quote budget that we had was pay all your bills and then go and check the balance in the bank to see like, oh, can I make a run to the grocery store? Mm -hmm. Can I fill up the car? And for the most part we could, but what I realized when all of a sudden the income came to an end is that we didn't have a solid plan for 
making sure we could go to the grocery store, making sure we could put gas in the car to get to work. So I, um, while I was searching for new employment, I was also searching for a better way to handle my finances. Um, I didn't like not knowing or having a little bit more control. And I didn't like the idea that I didn't have a safety net. Now, blessings upon blessings, the layoff came with a severance. And so they kind of provided me a safety net, but I realized this is probably something I should have on my own and not rely on somebody else to provide for me in my time of need. So while I was looking for new work and I was looking for new ways to uh, manage my money, I too came across this idea of a total money makeover. <laughs> um, and for any of our listeners out there who know what that is and who that represents, kudos. But um, it really, it really changed the way I looked at the fine details of mine and my wife's finances. And, uh, and so we started implementing a lot of uh, those teachings. And um, we put together a safety net, for, you know, to protect us in the event that I ever got laid off again. Uh, again, blessings upon blessings, as was gainfully employed very, very quickly. Fun fact by the same organization, just in a different role and being able to do it from home. But that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> but it really was the wake up call I needed to make sure that I got my finances in order. So I started that total money makeover uh, in late 2012, early 2013. It was probably February of 2013 that I really like I, I that month sticks out to me because it was the month that I called every single one of my 11 credit cards and canceled them all. Now that was a little bit of a over, I, I went, the pendulum swung a little too far the other way, but I just remember like we, we canceled every single credit card. We sold the second car that we had because what would I need a second car for? You know, I was now working from home. My wife and I are attached to the hip. We're like best friends. It's totally, <laughs> You know, one of those, like, um, but anyway, so we started that, that total money makeover. Um, and for about a year, you know, we're chugging along, we're, we're doing everything. And in 12 months, we paid off $24,000 debt. Wow. Like, really changed our, our situation. We weren't debt free at that point, but I mean, just, just that mind shift of, we're not going to carry this debt. We're not, like, we're going to do something different. It actually um, drove me also to decide I was going to volunteer at the uh, at, at the church I was attending in the financial care ministry uh, team or on the financial care ministry team, um, which was a team dedicated to helping people with their finances. Whether it was maybe it, it was as simple as they needed some money to. Uh, pay their electric bill that month. And so the church provided that, but we also provided um, workshops and, and courses on budgeting and, and taking control of your money. And so there I started to co-facilitate uh, some, some of the financial lit literacy courses um, that they offered. And what I realized is a lot of people need help with basic money management. You know, it, dawned, it wasn't until then that it dawned on me, but it dawned on me and then I got really fired up. It it dawned on me, none of us learned this in high school. No. 
even if you go to college and you take finance courses, they're corporate finance courses. They're not personal finance courses. And you can't handle your personal finances the same way you would run a business's finances. <laughs> right. And so I started getting mad. I got mad at my parents. I'm like, why didn't they sit me down and teach me this stuff? <laughs> right. So I realized that there was just this great need for education around how to manage money well. And then, of course, I noticed that there was like 82 different gurus out there and programs with mm -hmm. the 101080 budget and the 72010 budget and all these arbitrary numbers being thrown at everybody. And I realized what people really need is just a plan that works for them, mm -hmm. whatever that plan is. But they need the plan. Right. So um, I kind of branched off. And instead of just co-facilitating these workshops at church, I started working with some of the um, the people who attended. And then I decided I was going to put some videos on YouTube to try to help. And all of a sudden, I realized like lots of people craved that kind of mm -hmm. information and whatnot. And in 2014, Coach Nino Villa was born. And wow. um, I've worked with a couple of hundred uh, individuals and couples since then um, over the last six, seven years. And, uh, and just helping people uh, achieve different milestones, whether those milestones are getting caught up on past bills, eliminating some of their credit card debt, student loan debt, whatever that is. Some of them achieving that debt-free milestone, like everything is paid. It's been a, quite a journey. And so, uh, yeah, it, that's, that's how I kind of got to be here. And that's the conversation I hope and in, in, in look forward to continuing mm -hmm. with you, Sarah, on this podcast. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned it, um, and I certainly mentioned it because I think what we both craved was that plan. Right? Just right. The plan of what do we do? How do we do it? And it, it can be very overwhelming. Like you said, you know, the 82, you know, all of these gurus out there that are all telling you something different and our situations are unique. And so what, what do I need to do? And it just, it's um, coming up with that plan that fits with who we are. Paramount. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that we here at New Money Habits, we believe in having a plan. We don't have a cookie cutter. You, you should be saving 10%, you know, saving and investing 10%, um, giving 10% and living off the other 80, like other programs. But what we do believe and what we do teach is you have to have a plan that starts with your situation, mm -hmm. right? So we believe in meeting people where they are, right? That That is paramount to what we believe and what we teach is it's got to be about you, your situation. What is your income? What are your expenses? What are, what's the debt you're carrying? Mm -hmm. um, really? What no does that mean to you? Well, I was just going to say no one size fits all, right? It's uh it's just unique to what your situation is. Um, and again, you know, that's where my husband and I struggled, right? We tried to follow something that was, we felt at the time, it, it turned out to be very strict because it didn't fit our situation and it caused us to, to kind of derail quite honestly. And while there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, it just didn't fit our situation and we didn't know how to make the plan fit our life. Right. And so, 
um, I love it. Meeting people exactly where they're at. Yeah. You know? And as you say that, I, I'm reminded that that was the, uh, that was a tough lesson for me to learn early on in my coaching. So remember, I, re I read a book. I implemented somebody's plan. So when I was coaching other people, I was like, look, this plan works. Use this plan, this one. Don't worry about any of the other ones. Mm -hmm. Use this one. And, you know, what I found is that, sure, a, a, a structured plan can work for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, there are so many nuances and there's so many ebbs and flows in life that adhering to a plan with rules that are very stringent, mm -hmm. it, it causes a lot of friction. I mean, I have so many stories about like clients telling me I'm going to do this or I need to do that. And I'd be like, well, that's not a need. That's a want. And, and all it did was cause friction. What they wanted in that moment was how can I do the thing I want to do without completely destroying my world. Mm -hmm. So give me a plan that allows me to do this and achieve these other things. Mm -hmm. I, I love giving concrete examples. Sometimes I feel like if we talk in the abstract, people are like, what are you really talking about? What does that about? mean? <laughs> so what are you really talking about, Nino? Right. I'll give you a personal example. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I were on that debt-free journey. We're like paying off our debts and, and we're told that we're not allowed to you know, spend money. You can't take vacations. You can't do these other things while you're paying off debt. You just focus on paying off the debt. Well, we bought our house in 2010 and it was a new build. And so it meant that it had a dirt lot. And we sat and we watched that dirt lot grow a bunch of weeds and other things and, and be very unproductive for the first four or five years in the house. And so by 2016, six years living in the home, about two or three years into our, our new way of uh, handling our finances, I'm looking at 2,200 square feet of potential play for my kids and whatnot. And I'm like, why am I not doing something with this? Mm -hmm. So you know what? I paused my debt snowball. <laughs> I spent $10,000 mm. instead of on debt, I'm putting in a backyard. And over the last five years, that backyard has created so many memories for my family. It has been a place where we invite people to our home to share in fellowship and just breaking bread and, and enriching relationships. And if you ask me today, do I regret Spending 10 grand on the backyard, I tell you, heck no. Right. Well, and we're allowed, we're, we're allowed to have our priorities change, right? Life changes and our priorities change, right? And, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't mean that you quit your journey, right? It doesn't mean that you quit right. completely. You just took a little bit of a different path around, you know, because something else came into your life that was more important at the time. And, um, we're allowed to make those decisions. Yep. 100%. Mm -hmm. That you can, you can, I, I think we've, <laughs> I think we've gotten into a bit of some stinking thinking 
And that is that everything is all or nothing. Yes. That you're either 100% in or you might as well not even do it. Mm-hmm. Well, can I be like 90% in <laughs> right. and, and achieve a lot, but still kind of like want to do this other thing? Right. So, so, so like we said, we, we like to meet people where they are. We like mm-hmm. to give people freedom and flexibility to have some priorities and, and, and kind of establish for themselves what those priorities are sure. and then help them to create a plan mm-hmm. to achieve those priorities. And sometimes it means putting one priority on the back burner for a little while so you can focus on one. And other times it means that you're focused on two things at the same time and and that's just the way it is. Right, right. And really, I think, you know, oftentimes, I mean, I don't know about you, but certainly for me and and um, because I believe it, and it's what we teach, right? That first part of the plan is putting together that uh, the B word, you know, the budget, <gasps> the, the word that a lot of people don't like to hear. But uh, you know what I found? And maybe you've noticed this too, that when you say that word, I people actually want to have one. I am finding they want to, they just don't know how it feels so overwhelming again, because listening to all of these things. So what do we account for first? What do we, you know, how do we put it together? So, um, I know my plan even now, I definitely live with a budget. Yes. Yeah. That's such a good point. I I don't think I've ever come across somebody who doesn't I'll use the term want a plan for their money, mm-hmm. right? But a plan for your money is just a budget. So start saying the word budget. It's not a four letter <laughs> word. You're not going to go into timeout for saying the word budget. Right. But it, of course it comes with a bunch of negative connotations. It, mm-hmm. it means that, you know, you can't have nice things and do the things you want to do. I tell you right now, my budget includes going and playing poker with the boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like your budget can include whatever you want it to include. It's just a matter of, how about we put it into the plan mm-hmm. instead of having it come and sneak up and devastating the plan because you failed to put it in there in the first place. Right. 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 You want to go out to, to a nice dinner, a, a nice steak dinner once a week. Cool. Mm-hmm. How about you just put it in the plan? Don't make a plan that doesn't include it and then go and do that. Cause it's going to completely derail your plan. So just let's add it in there. So I think, That's the thing is so many programs, so many gurus teach you that a budget is so restrictive Mm -hmm. and, and don't you dare go outside of it. Well, I don't want you to go outside your plan either. So anything that was going to be outside your plan, let's just put it in the plan. Right. Right. Well, really don't, it, it puts you more in control of the situation. 100%. Right. There's a lot of things we can't control, but I, I, and I don't necessarily like using that word control with a lot of things, but I do feel like if I'm planning it out, then I know what's going to happen. And I feel better in the long run knowing, you know what, this didn't sneak up on me or, you know, oh gosh, can't go out. We cannot go out to eat because we didn't put it in the budget. We didn't plan for it. Full well knowing that we want to go out on Saturday and get something to eat. Right. And so, right. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, you had I mentioned to it too. A... Go ahead. Okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, you know, we, we, I mean, I certainly had Murphy show up a lot 
Um, and again, because I didn't plan for it, right? I didn't know. Um, I was still so focused on, we got to pay off debt that I wasn't thinking about all the ways that Murphy could be showing up in my life mm. and um, planning for those, planning for Murphy, planning for those unexpected events. Um, you had mentioned it too, right? Just that protection, putting that protection in place for your family is something else that um, I'm pretty big in making sure that we're including that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, it was not having, um, well, not having an emergency fund, right? A lot of people will will uh, resonate with those uh, that term, emergency fund, having just a rainy day fund, something mm -hmm. off to the side uh, to pay for those things. Uh, yeah, when when all of a sudden I was told I was being laid off, and the, the idea, the concept of there is no income, well, there was also no money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's definitely important to have um, your plan include. How do I protect myself? You think about it as your own insurance policy, right? Like, how do mm -hmm. I protect myself from three months or six months or a year of not working, especially considering everything that we have been dealing with over right. the last two years? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So having that protection. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, real quick, you sure. keep mentioning this guy, this fellow Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anybody's not familiar, who's Murphy and why is he showing up? <laughs> well, you know what? I don't know why he's showing up because sometimes I, I don't think I'd, if I could choose, I wouldn't want to meet him again, you know? So Murphy is this, you know, if it's going to happen, you know, or if it can happen, it's going to, um, you know, your hot water heater breaks and, um, you know, in the middle of the shower which quite frankly happened this morning to me. No joke. <laughs> no lie. No way. <laughs> um, <Yes>. um, <laughs> that's funny. It, it actually happened this morning. Um, you know, well, I'm sorry to hear that <laughs> Murphy's showing up again. It, it he, did. He, he sounds like he's an uninvited guest. Very much uninvited. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's kind of when, um, you know, you, you have some car repairs that, you know, sh um, come about that, you know, your transmission quits working, right. And you're driving and all of a sudden, nope, my car quit. Um, the hot water heater breaks, right. Um, Murphy showed up for my family in a lot of different ways. And I'll tell you, you know, call it Murphy or call it poor planning. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure in, in some of these areas. And I'll, I'm just being really honest here because in um, the end of 2009, 2010 and 2011, those were particularly rough years for me and my family. Um, I had several surgeries, um, a couple at the end of 2009 Moving into 2010, we decided to sell our house. It was pretty small. We wanted a bigger home. Um, ended up um, not making money on the sale of that, so having to pay to get out of our smaller house to get into the bigger house. Um, my son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and so that created the, the medical expenses that came along with that were significant. Um, add in a couple more surgeries, so that was deductibles and out-of-pocket expenses for me, so more medical, right? Um, I'll tell you, my dad was killed in a motorcycle accident, did not have a will or any life insurance or anything, and so um, my husband and I 
um, kind of forced into that situation of paying for those final expenses and taking care of that, and then add on another couple of surgeries at the end of that year and beginning of 2011. And so I'll tell you, you know, um, and sometimes I get emotional, <clears throat> you know, reliving a lot of that. Oh, add in my car dying, my car quit. <sighs> so we, we, um, bought a new car, not a brand new one, a used one, but new to us all in that time frame, And that's a lot of stuff to hit in a short amount of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had a little bit of savings, you know, so call it a little bit of an, our, our emergency fund, but, um, man, the hits just kept on coming and kept on coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that, um, during a lot of period that time, we put a lot of stuff on our credit card. And um, because we didn't have an emergency fund that that savings account, right, it didn't support some of those things that were happening to us. And and because they kept happening and, you know, they say they say things happen in threes. Well, you know, multiply that by about 10 for us, you know, in in that year and a half. And so um, I am passionate about helping people recognize the need for that emergency fund, for that protection um, because it's really what it is protection for your family. And so, um, I, I, that's a big one. So Murphy showing up, you know, and, and a lot of stuff can happen to you in, um, you know, times where you're kind of already knocked down. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only is he an uninvited guest, he's, he, he sounds like, uh, just a outright jerk, yeah. you know, like beating you, beating you up when you're already down. Right. Um, I'm so sorry to hear about all of that. And mm-hmm. you started that by saying, you know, you didn't know if it was poor planning or, you know, I don't, I don't know that anybody can plan for everything that you just mentioned and everything that you experienced. But I do think that if we're honest with ourselves, we know that eventually we're going to have to replace a hot water heater. Mm-hmm. Eventually we're going to have to get a different vehicle or repair ours significantly. We know these things are bound to happen. We just, we kind of roll the dice Mm -hmm. on whether they're going to happen this year to us or, oh, that happens to other people. It's, it's not going to happen to me. So I don't need to have that protection in place. Um, No, I, I, like I said, I don't think it was poor planning per se for, it, for everything you mentioned. <laughs> right. But I think we do need to, need to be honest with ourselves. You know, it's part of having that honest dialogue about personal finances. Things are going to happen. Right. You have to ask yourself, are you prepared to handle them? Or are you going to have to turn to credit cards and pay 22% interest Right. on an already bad situation? 22% interest on a bad situation makes it a heck of a lot worse. It does. And, you know, and I say if Murphy's going to show up, he's going to show up in three areas, generally, your home, your vehicle, and medical. <laughs> Those mm-hmm. are what, and we had them, you know, I've I've lived that. Um, and so, and I would agree that, that I don't think we can plan for everything, but we can sure help the situation by having an emergency fund in place that when those things come, we might not know what's going to happen, but we sure as heck know something's going to happen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that plan that we think is so important needs to include 
that rainy day fund, that emergency fund, or I've heard it called something else. I'm going to, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. There's a fantastic coach by the name of Maria Casillas who talks about having a peace of mind fund. Mm. And I just love the, the way that that shifts kind of the perspective, right? If, if you're calling it an emergency fund, you're anticipating an emergency. When you call it a peace of mind fund, you're protecting yourself and you're giving yourself mm -hmm. peace of mind that if something were to come up, you're going to be able to handle it and you're going to be able to move forward from it. You know, there, there are studies out there and I probably should have had this prepared, but I'm only now thinking of it. But there are studies that show that the majority of Americans are unable to pay for a $400 emergency mm -hmm. expense. And so like if you don't have $400 saved and, and you needed new tires on the car or you needed to take a trip to the emergency room and the, and the co-pays $200, these things are going to impact you differently than if you had some money set aside mm -hmm. for such things, giving you that peace of mind that if you needed new tires, you could go get them and it wouldn't rock your world. Absolutely. I'm going to start using that. You know, I've, I have called it an emergency fund for many years now, and I'm going to start using a peace of mind fund because it changes the whole perspective, you know, right. changes the whole perspective. Right. Thanks, Maria. Murphy can't, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> Murphy can't affect your peace of mind, mm -hmm. right? You're in control of your peace of mind. He, he tries to mess with it, but if, if you have that fund there, yep. like Murphy, get out of here. <laughs> All right. So, we believe in meeting people where they are. We believe in them having a plan, a plan that is unique to them. We said that plan should have um, some protection in it. Mm -hmm. What else do we believe about that plan? Well, we need to prioritize, right? We need to prioritize Ooh. our expenses. So what does that mean? What's prioritizing my expenses? Gosh, I've got, and I think you had said it even in your story, right? That you made sure your, your budget included all the bills that were due, but yes. the leftover, um, you were hoping you had enough money for food and gas. Oh hmm. yeah. Yeah. That it's interesting. Cause my budget nowadays, you know what the first item in the expense category on my budget is food. groceries, <laughs> groceries. Number one, it's the first thing right behind that is then the mortgage. Um, but yeah, putting food on the table is like my number one priority. You know, it's it's not just me. I'm not some 20-year-old single dude anymore that can like live off of ramen and and whatever, right? <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure that my family is fed. And so, um, yeah, I put, I put putting food on the table at the top as a priority. And by prioritizing my expenses, when I, when I get way down the list, I know that if I'm having a tight month or things need to change, I can go right to the bottom of the list and start, start. scratching things off. Do I really need that, that subscription to Audible anymore? Ah, yeah. Let's get rid of that. Do I really need that Hulu, Netflix, Spotify, you name it? Like They're all down at the bottom right. so that I can get rid of those quickly if things need to change. And so prioritizing really allows me and has helped so many of my clients figure out 
where is the money going first? Mm -hmm. um, instead of living in that, I, I make sure that because like, I've had I've had clients that when I meet with them, it's it's so odd to me. They'll they'll make sure that they're making their credit card payment. Right? Let's say they have five thousand dollars on a on a credit card. Well, you know that that monthly payment's somewhere between one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a month. Right. right. So they'll make sure that that gets paid. But then they're telling me how they're three months behind on their electric bill. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how how great of a job has consumerism done that it's that it's convinced you that you need to be current on your credit card, right. but you can get behind on your electric bill? Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. I know it's it's scary. I think, you know, that it's a little scary and it's uh, sad um, because I have seen people, um, not putting food on their table, right. Making sure mm -hmm. because, and I just want to put this out there. I think, and you know, we'll, we'll dive into this. I'm sure at some point, but our credit score is important, right? But for me, most important is not my credit score right now. If I'm having a hard time putting food on my table, the credit score can kind of go by the wayside for the time being while I'm making sure to make sure that my family's taken care of, that we've got a place to live, right? That we've mm -hmm. got a roof over our head and we've got food and we can get back and forth to a job. Um, yeah. You know, those are more important to me than making sure right now, you know, when times are desperate, my credit score can suffer a little while to make sure that I like to eat too much. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I like food a lot that I, I don't want to give it up. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and that's always a scary thought. As somebody who uh, once upon a time had a horrific credit score um, and, and made all the mistakes one could make, being late on everything, taking re repossession on a car, all of that mm -hmm. stuff, here I am. On the other side of that, so many years later, with a mm -hmm. very healthy credit score, and and it kind of, it, it's nerve wracking to think like, to miss a bill or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you really do have to prioritize. And mm -hmm. for one person, paying the credit card might be a higher priority than something else. I would just beg everybody: don't make it a higher priority than actually putting food on the table and feeding yourself. Um, but if it's more important to you than I, I was going to say your cell phone bill, but I'm like, at this point, how does anybody get away from not having a cell phone? Right. Um, but I think you get the point. It's all about like mm -hmm. prioritizing. So, and, and that priority can be whatever you want it to be. Um, of course, we at New Money Habits encourage certain priorities at the top of the list. But again, we're not some strict, it must be in this order. It's, yeah. we just encourage you to prioritize. Right. Just put it in a list from this is the most important thing to this is the least important thing. So that when you're looking at it, you can say, okay, my money really needs to go here. And if I have enough, then my money could also go here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. We also, I also wanted to mention about the plan. Like, I think what's unique about budgets that we help people create is that Everybody will have you budget for the month. Everybody tells mm -hmm. you, hey, it's December right now. It's January. It's what, like, get, get prepared. Get ready for the next month. 
Can we start budgeting by pay periods, please? Please. Please. <laughs> can, can, can we make this make sense? My money is coming in on Friday. I have some bills that are due between that Friday and let's say I get paid bi-weekly the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so can, can we please just like do a budget that actually accounts for when my money is coming in, yes. when my bills actually are due, mm -hmm. instead of just looking at the month arbitrarily. Because, you know, for people who are paid bi-weekly, you have some of those those months where you get a check like right at the end of a month that maybe had three pay periods in it. And then you don't get another one until halfway through the next month. So if, you, if you're planning for that, right. Right. only by according to the month, where are you getting the money for rent or mortgage that's due on the first? Like, just create a plan. I've seen it. How, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it several times, right? People are like, hey, I got an extra yeah. paycheck. So what can I do with it? Not really. I mean, it's not really an extra you, paycheck. You definitely got some extra Sorry, money this month. <laughs> and there is definitely some extra money to spend. But it's not a full, it's never a full check. It's never a, like, it was... It was maybe like right. half of one of those checks you got to kind of do something different with. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yes. yes. Budget by paycheck, so please. We believe in a plan that's unique to people that is structured by their pay period. So if you're paid once a month, cool, keep budgeting monthly. But if you're paid bi-weekly on the 1st and the 15th or weekly, create a budget that that aligns that way, um, prioritize those expenses. Um, what else do we teach? It's my favorite too. Kind of my favorite. I love to, <laughs> yes. I love to kick debt to the curb. I love, yes. I love getting yeah. rid of debt. It's my favorite too. I love, I love helping it. people to size up how much debt they have, whether it's car loans, credit cards, student loans, you name it. You, you owe mom and dad from borrowing two grand from them three years ago, whatever it is. Let's list it. Let's get it down on paper and then let's start annihilating mm -hmm. it. Yes. Yes. I'll tell you, you know, and, and, you know, I think it's important to know how to use credit wisely because there are times um, you know, that, that we can make, it's a get it's choices, right? Making choices that are the best for our situation. Um, but I love showing people what it's like to not be a slave to all of those debt payments. And I think we get so used to that in our life. We just, we assume, right? We're told, I think we're taught that you're always going to have a car payment. You're always going to have student loan payments. You know, you're always going to have a mortgage. You're always going to have these things. And I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that our life changes and you know what? Maybe we will have a mortgage for a long period of time. Right. Maybe several, right? I mean, maybe several. But I also believe that we can, when you get to a point in life where you've knocked out a lot of those debts and the stress that that relieves knowing that you've got some more choices, you know, that you really are in more control of where your dollars are going, that you're not 
a slave to to the credit card companies and all the debt collectors. Um, I'll tell you, um, mm. life is pretty darn amazing. And um, I love, I think it allows us to be able to dream a little bit differently, right? And, and I've said in the beginning, you know, my husband and I are in this new season being 100% debt free right now. Um, it's a new season. This is a whole new area for us that we've never experienced before. And, and, um, mm -hmm. still choices, right? There's still hard choices to make, but we have more freedom to be able to make those choices. I feel like, because we're not constantly like, Oh, got the credit card payment to make. Oh, don't answer the phone. You know, Oh, we're late. You know, we're three months late on the, the car payment. Right. And so, um, and even just with the clients that I help, when they start knocking off just that one less payment a month, do you know how mm -hmm. the, their li eyes light up, right? Just the relief of having that one less, yeah, one yeah. less bill, and to, and to reclaim the payment that they were making. One of my favorite things to do is when I'm paying, helping a client mm -hmm. pay off debt, or when I was paying off my own debt, like reclaiming that three hundred dollar. Car payment. I told you, like, one of the first things we did was we sold the second vehicle. And I got to reclaim $300 every single month mm -hmm. because it was gone and I didn't have that payment anymore. And, you know, you do it with anything. Um, student loan payments. You know, think about, like, when you finally get to pay off a student loan and you get to reclaim that two, three, five, eight hundred $800 payment, whatever it is. Lo love right. helping people kick that right. curb and help. And, 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 and you started to talk, talk about like using credit wisely, right? Like one of the things we don't believe is that you don't get to ever use credit. Like you get to use credit. We just want to help you to mm -hmm. learn how to do that very wisely. And this is another thing that really frustrated me about like the lack of education from school and from parents. Now, I give my parents a little bit of a pass because they're the generation where credit cards were first introduced. So what were they going to teach me about credit card use? They were just figuring it out themselves. But what really frustrated right. me is like anytime you heard somebody talking about how to use credit cards wisely, what's the number one thing they all say? Pay your bill off every month so you never accrue any interest. Okay, that is very good advice but it can't be the only advice. Like, so I like to help people. Right. We like to help people learn how to use credit wisely. You know, it's, it's not, it's not 100% off of the table, but it's when should you use it? How do you use it? You know, I'm, I'm big on, I love uh, the use of credit cards to protect your money when you travel, right? If you're traveling, you should be protecting your money right. because if you're using straight debit card for everything and something goes wrong, that's your money. Your money is now tied up and, and gone until the bank remedies it. When it's a credit card, it's the bank's money mm -hmm. and the bank will be very interested in remedying that situation quickly because it's their money. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, really it's about creating those new money habits, right? <laughs> creating the habits, what? Creating the habits around it so you can use Absolutely. it successfully, right? 
I have been one of those people traveling using my debit card. And guess what? The bank's like, nope, we don't recognize this. So shut everything down. And it was on a weekend. You can't get a hold of anybody to correct it. And so here we are, my husband and I traveling, yeah. no money. What do we do? Can't get gas. We can't keep. So, um, I've been in that situation and I'll, I'll tell you that, um, so you didn't even have access to your own pleasant. money. You're putting your own money at risk and then you couldn't even access your own didn't money have when you needed it. Yeah. Right. It was. So that, that experience changed my outlook. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, you know, because I was pretty firm into, you know what, never using credit cards. We, you know, I don't like yeah. them fell into that whole trap, right? They're, they're bad, bad, bad. They well, don't, they don't have to be bad. It's, it's a tool to use in your suitcase. It might not be the right tool for the, you know, each time, right. But there are different tools yeah. that you can use at different periods of time in your life. And so I think it's a tool to use. You and just I have to that learn analogy about when the is the right, right tool time to use it. And the right time, right? Because it, it is the right tool. If you're, if you're somebody who travels a lot for work and work is going to reimburse your expenses, it's a fantastic tool. Because one of the things I love to help my clients mm -hmm. really understand is like credit cards are for short term for purchases only do not make a long-term purchase. And what I mean is like, if you're going to go out and let's say you want to buy a new appliance and you don't have the money to do it, well, turning to a credit card in that particular situation to, to then finance it and make monthly payments over the course of a year or two, you're going to pay so much in interest and it's just not the right tool for that job. Now, if you have the money set aside in the bank, in a in a, a some type mm -hmm. of sinking fund for a new appliance and you already have the money and now you go out and you put it on the credit card first let that transaction settle get the appliance home make sure everything's copacetic and then just pay it mm -hmm. well then it was a fantastic tool for short term purchases right absolutely Absolutely. And that's now what we do when we're traveling. <laughs> now, vacationing, I guess, not traveling. Full-time RVers, life's a little bit different. I, yeah. I have to think about what I'm saying now because life has changed a little bit. But, you know, when we're actually vacationing, you know, for us personally, we set aside that money. So we know how much we've budgeted for that vacation. So we know what we're going to spend. But it's using the credit card is protection for us, right? And it's one thing we know it's coming one account. Um, it's not, Hey, what you, you know, did you use a debit card? Oh, let's make sure there's still, you know, it's just simpler for us. It's so much simpler. Just here, use this. We've got the money, get back, make sure no fraudulent charges. We're good. Right. Yep. And yep. then you pay it off. I, exactly. So, right. I, I love it. It's about having a plan. That plan can include tools like credits and, and we, we just scratched the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we're talking about credit cards. There's other forms of Absolutely. credit and when, when is it appropriate to use it? When is it not? We'll get into all of that in future episodes, but Sarah, this is, this has just been a great start to opening up the conversation about personal finances. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about how to manage money. Well, let's talk about having a plan for your money. And I think we should maybe give our listeners right. and our viewers, um, 
Maybe we give them maybe we give them their first tool in their toolbox for managing money well. You think we should do that? I love All it. All right. Well, I absolutely We've been talking about this plan. We've been talking about the importance of having a plan, a plan that prioritizes, a plan that allows you to budget by the pay period. So why don't we just give them a little access to a budgeting form that allows them to do all of that. And if you're interested in such a form, you guys can uh, oh, visit gosh. newmoneyhabits.com. And right there on the homepage, there's a spot for you to gain instant access to our budgeting form that will allow you to prioritize your expenses, budget by pay period, list out your debts so that you can start to kick them to the curb. And so you can find, again, that form on our website at newmoneyhabits.com. What an awesome first episode. If I do say so myself, I mean. I... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can toot our own horns. I think it was, um, you know, I love this. And, you know, truthfully, I don't believe anybody should have to go mm. through their financial journey alone, right? That there's help and I think that's what we're here to do is just to break it down in a way that anybody can start to make some positive changes in their journey. And nobody needs to feel ashamed or embarrassed about where they're at because we we've been there. Right. And so just normalizing the conversation and opening up about it and sharing what we've gone through and where we're at yeah. and where we're going. Let's not and forget speaking where about we're where going. we're going. Uh, so. Sarah, I want to take a moment too, just to, to let our listeners, mm -hmm. our audience know that, what we would really like to do uh, as a format for this podcast is we would really love to just address the, the questions that all of you listeners and viewers have. Um, we get questions all the time. And so we have a couple up our sleeves that we're already uh, prepared to answer, but we would love to hear from you guys. What, what questions do you have about either getting started with a budget, getting started with that plan? Uh, maybe you've been budgeting for years and, and there's just something that, you you haven't cracked the nut on yet or whatever the case may be. So we want to uh, take your questions. We're going to provide um, this uh, email address in the descriptions uh, wherever you found this podcast. But uh, you can submit your questions to podcast, that's singular, podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. You can submit your questions there. We would love to answer your questions uh, on our future episodes. So uh, make sure you go ahead and submit them. Mm -hmm. Please. I love it. And can I just add, you know, it's not just about getting out of debt, but, you know, there are still a lot of things to cover. If you've got questions mm -hmm. about, hey, you're debt free now, what do we do? Where, you know, kind of needing some help, you know, some guidance or um, submit all of them. We want to address all the questions um, because each of us are in different periods of our financial journey, right? New seasons. And so we can all benefit from, yeah. from um, everyone's questions. So I am so excited yeah. to hear them and as am I, and I think get it's going it, on. I this. think it's um, noteworthy to point out that we don't just work with people who have like, who are employed by an employer and have a W2 income and a salary or whatever. I mean, we, t we work with small business owners, yes. you know, mid-sized business owners um, on how to yes. like, manage their finances, both personal and on the business side. Um, but, you know, I, I find that 
people who own their own businesses often kind of commingle those things. So we help them learn how to like really manage mm -hmm. personal finances uh, separate from business, uh, you know, their, their business money. So um, yeah, we look forward to Thank you for mentioning that. I, I think sometimes that kind of gets lost in, you know, when we're talking about this, but how important that's, it's such an important area for a lot of people, especially now because of what everybody's gone through. Look at how many new entrepreneurs are out there. People starting their businesses yes. in the past couple of years. Right. And so, all, you know, all those people who um, are making like money from YouTube and TikTok and all, you know, all of you influencers, you need a plan for your money too. So <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does that <laughs> right, it for right. this first episode of the New Money Habits mm -hmm. podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Nino Villa, with my co-host, Sarah Jones. And uh, we'll catch it on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.